This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This is The Media Mix, and I'm Claire Atkinson. A growing number of Hollywood actors are looking to move beyond the big screens to build their own production companies, from Reese Witherspoon's Hello Sunshine to Kevin Hart's Heartbeat and Ryan Reynolds' Maximum Effort. We talk to Brad Haugen. He is president of Will Smith's Westbrook Media. I caught up with Brad a few weeks ago before the actor's strike to ask him about Will Smith's plan to create the biggest independent studio out there and also about the intersection of Hollywood and brands and who Westbrook is working with right now. Will Smith, as usual, is making headlines, talking about his gritty role in the Apple TV Plus movie Emancipation and how he ended up taking a role in Men in Black after Steven Spielberg sent a helicopter to pick him up. It seems many marketers are as eager as ever to work with Westbrook, despite that slap at the Oscars. Brad tells us more about the goodwill that Smith has built up over years in the business and what the company is doing in the world of content creation. Here's our conversation. Tell us a little bit about what you do at Westbrook Media. Sure. So Westbrook broadly was created, we launched about four years ago, co-founded by Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith, as well as Miguel Melendez and Kosaku Yada. Um, and uh, really with the goal of building what we call it, what we say, the studio of the future, uh, fully integrated, full service studio uh, that makes the biggest feature films in the world, starring the Smith family and beyond, um, all the way down to the best company in the world at making uh, TikTok videos that cut through the clutter and resonate with young audiences and everything in between. So we have a TV division where we make our hit show Bel Air, among many other projects, including our shows with National Geographic. We have a feature film division. We are... Sorry, tell tell us about what Will's doing right now. Yeah. We had chatted about yeah. where he is in the world. He's yeah, all over Will's, the place, Will's right? Been, Will's been traveling the world with National Geographic, really exploring um, nature and the people of the planet. Um, he's been to the South Pole, the, he's going to the North Pole in a few weeks. Um, the new the new season of, uh, of his show is called Pole to Pole. Last one was Welcome to Earth. Prior to that was One Strange Rock, um, all of which we're, we're, we're really utilizing um, National Geographic and our partner partners at Utopia to, to scout out the most interesting and exciting places for Will to physically go and experience Earth's grandeur, um, all the way down to the most minute micro experiences that only a handful of people get to experience. For example, he went, um, you know, he went anaconda hunting um, in the in the jungle uh, with a native tribe of the Amazon. So uh, really to experience that is, is pretty unique and, and spectacular. 
did he eat the anaconda? Did he eat the anaconda snake, which gives you strength, apparently? <laughs> we have to wait and see uh, for the episode to come out next year. <laughs> great, great. So I interrupted you, but tell me like the breadth of uh, all the other things that are happening at Westbrook. Yeah, we have our feature film division run by my colleague, John Moan, um, which uh, really... You know, our first movie was King Richard, uh, which did quite well. Then we made Emancipation. We're in the midst of producing uh, Bad Boys 4 currently, among many other films without the Smith family uh, that we have in development and or in pre-production. Um, uh, Terrence Carter runs our TV division, as I mentioned. Uh, Bel Air is our big hit show, just renewed for a third season at Peacock. Uh, I run Westbrook Media. Uh, Westbrook Media is everything from non-scripted television all the way to social um, and brand work, which I, I, I kind of like all put together as entertainment for brands um the way the way i i look at the way um brands have evolved and you and i talked about this a little bit claire um I believe you really have to entertain audiences. Uh, and that doesn't just mean in 30 second TV commercials, gone are the days where people only watch on one screen. People have many platforms, many screens. We all know this. Uh, and yet brands have been, I wouldn't say slow um, because they know that they have to evolve, but they've struggled to find ways to integrate into feeds and or entertain audiences in new and different ways. And I'm actually working on a piece right now, um, an op-ed piece right now um, around uh, really using the Barbie movie as a peg. Like, obviously, Barbie is just storied IP, but that is branded entertainment at its finest. And it is Absolutely. infiltrating culture this summer. Everybody's talking about it. And Mattel knows it. And they've done a brilliant job, not only marketing the film itself, but creating experiences around around it with the Barbie house of, of, for rent on Airbnb. I believe Ashley Graham's hosting a show uh, or did a, did a Barbie uh, dream house kind of HGTV show. Um, you know, and they're just building a full integrated campaign around it. And that is what entertainment can do. You can have a hero piece and then have ancillary content that infiltrates culture all around it. And all of a sudden your campaign gives you not only more bang for your buck, but the reach into culture and into people's hearts. Yeah. Let's let's matter. talk about social. Yeah, you may, you hit on a great point. I think you're responsible for social media as well. Will yes. is famed for uh, sharing his travels and being very present on social. Um, what, where are you seeing that going? Is he invested in uh, working with brands in that way? Or t tell me how you're thinking about that. Yeah, he absolutely is. I mean, he... He in particular, um, you know, I ran my own company before this. I said to leave your own company to go do something else it would require quite a lot. And what I was blown away with by Will from day one was his dedication to the craft of storytelling, no matter the platform. Which he talked about at Cam Lions one year, right? I, yes. I believe it was 2016. He came and he gave a keynote about the importance of storytelling. And he talked about how his father told him stories growing up and it enabled him yes. to be a good storyteller. And the stories you craft on social. And again, the entertainment experience in six seconds or three seconds or 60 seconds needs to be just as good for the consumer as it does in two hours. You're tuning in for something different. You're not expecting a feature film. You're expecting a six second, 30 second, 60 second, 45, whatever, however, however long the piece is, and you're expecting it to be great. And that's the one thing that Will talked about from day one was that he really wanted to be an expert in his craft. And the only way to do that was to embrace the creators and become 
become one himself and do it in a way that was unique to him, but part of a community of people. And for, for, for me, as someone who's been in digital my whole life, um, it, it, my whole career rather, um, and, and really like never felt the love. I mean, I, I don't know if you, uh, if you recognize the trend over the years, it was like, oh yeah, the digital department's kind of over here to the side. And yeah, 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 well, yeah we'll get to the digital marketing after we do the marketing. marketing. And what Will said to me day one, and what he's been really preaching since he really embraced social is social media is not ancillary. It is priority. Your campaign starts and ends directly with the audiences online. And then it could blossom into a big whatever the, it was meant to be, a feature film, an event, a TV show. Red table but it talks. All comes back, red table talk. But it all comes back to the community of creatives, creators, and audience that fall in love with the brand and the story. And that starts and ends on the internet. And when Will said that to me, I was like, oh, this guy gets it. And then I came here and my, and I say this all the time, Claire, like my colleagues, John, Terrence, and many other people who work in film and television, 10 years ago, would have, would have just never really considered like just talk. Now we all work together. We are all, I feel so respected. I feel like I have a seat at the table as the quote digital guy. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel that they appreciate me as much as I appreciate them. I mean, I look up to, I mean, we all love film and television. That's kind of like the gold gold standard in entertainment. But um, I fell in love with digital content creation. I love social and they do too. And so as a result, we've built this ecosystem where we all feed one another ideas, uh, talent comes in and works with us. And then I, I say, Oh, you should, you should meet Terrence. You should meet John. Oh, you want to talk about making a movie? Go, go talk to Will. And all of a sudden we build this ecosystem that is talent friendly, talent first, and creating what we call the, you know, the, the ecosystem that will bring people together around the global campfire, uh, around the stories that we want to tell. So tell me about some of the brands you're working with or have worked with. I believe Logitech, Pinterest, Samsung. You've worked with a lot of brands who have come in and they want to work with Westbrook Media. Tell us about some of those projects. Yeah, sure. Um, so we work with um, we worked with Samsung. We did two seasons of a show called Exposure, uh, whereby it was a it was a photo competition series. The phone was the hero. Uh, and we didn't really mention Galaxy. It was just always there, and it was what the we we had a team of creators competing to win a prize as a uh, two hundred fifty thousand dollar one year job as a creative director at Samsung uh, was the was the winning prize, and it was a show we would have made anyway. It's a really good, compelling photo competition series, um, and it aired season one on Hulu, season two on YouTube TV, um, and uh, that was really exciting. And, and, and then we captured all their campaign assets within the, the two-week window of shooting the show. So instead of having you know a hygiene budget where they had to go and shoot the campaign later, it was all done at one time. It led to cost savings. It was a unified campaign. And, and they had a hero piece with eight hours of television. Following, falling out of it was 300 assets uh, with the creators from the show who created uh, – who, who shot – who themselves shot – uh, they were the models. They had the product shots. We did everything on a, on a nice shiny floor set. And that was, that was beautiful and wonderful. Um, we did a documentary with Logitech, which we premiered um, at uh, Cannes Lions uh, uh, with a creator that they've uh, invested in named Jaquel Knight, who's a choreographer. He choreographed single ladies for Beyonce, among many other things for many other artists, including Beyonce. Um, and he's fighting a fight right now um, to get uh, 
choreography, specifically like sequences and choreography, um, uh, copyrighted. Uh, because every time a music a song plays on TikTok and someone plays single ladies and does this, the, the writers of single ladies, including Beyonce, get a check. But Jaquel, who created this, and uh, I would argue that helped make the song and the dance helped make the song. People can't see me, but I'm dancing. Um, uh, helped make the song. He should get compensated as well. <laughs> he should get compensated as well. You're absolutely right. And and people do copy these dances, right? Uh, just to go back to the brand conversation, Brad, has it been tricky or have you faced challenges from brands who say, you know, Will Smith, the Oscars, the slap, I don't know. Or do they say, you know, that's a piece of history and, you know, Will is moving on and we're happy to continue to work with him. What What's the feedback that you get on that topic? Um, I would say the first four months, people just waited. No one said no. They just wanted to wait and see and let it kind of fall out. I think the thing about Will, as you get to know him and you've met him, Clara, so you know, like he's a wonderful human being and he's been a wonderful human being since he was first famous at 17 years old. And those who have interacted with him over the years recognize the work that he's put in to be a great human. And so while the immediate like onslaught of not great commentary tried to rip him down, it's hard to rip down someone who's been so great to so many people for so long. And so most people and all of our partners, many of whom I'm very gracious and grateful for, um, just said, like, let's just give it a minute. Let's let the dust settle. And then they're all engaged again. And um, brands are calling us about Will Smith. And they should, because Will Smith is still one of the three most bankable movie stars on the planet at any given point in time. And he's a wonderful person and he can really help brands. Um, now, he you know, he knows that that was a, that that was a moment in time and he's now, he's ready to go. He's ready to work the same way he was always ready to work. And he's ready to put in, he's willing to put in the work. Um, and in the meantime, you know, we've built our business with, with him and Jada and, and the kids to go beyond them. And so what, what that allowed us to do is focus even more of our energy about, uh, 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 to build our relationships beyond the Smith family so that we could build a lasting company. We have really big ambitions as Westbrook broadly, um, to be the biggest independent studio in the world. That's that's our full stop ambition. And I believe in my heart and in my soul that we can do that. And so in order to do that, you have to be bigger than one person or two people. You have to be able to be a, a home for artists and talent. And I've worked with talent for the majority of my, my adult life. And um, I know that talent are wary to trust partners and we want to be the safest place for them to come to tell the stories that they want to tell to the biggest audiences in the world. That's our goal. You mentioned that uh, you have a certified people of color ownership. Well, what's the difference in terms of going out there and getting projects or working with others? Like, what, what is the difference between those two things? Um, I mean, I think a lot of people, especially coming out of, um, and rightfully so, and I hope that they stand by their, their initiatives, coming out of um, George Floyd being murdered horrifically uh, in 2020, launched these big black content funds 
Um, and frankly, what's been really disappointing, and you know, without naming names, a lot of co- a lot of them were just for show, um, and weren't really there wasn't a lot of meat on the bone, or they weren't really investing the money. It was just an announcement, or they were they were um, only um, doing it, uh, and then when they had to cut budgets, that was the first thing that got cut. Um, and then the others stood by it. Um, we are part of the uh, Black Creator Program at uh, Snap, for instance, and they stood by it. And they're like curating and cultivating a class of young Black creatives that are just magnificent. And we are so proud to be a part of that one. Um, we are not Black-owned. Um, a lot of people come to us for Black content, and we do it really well. We are certified minority-owned. Um, and the reason we are is because we have four co-founders, not two. Um, and uh, two of our co-founders, Miguel Melendez, um, is Puerto Rican American, um, and Kosaku Yada is uh, Japanese American, and so um, we are purposefully minority-owned because we believe that embracing the uh, all people of color and all people who are either stereotyped and or underserved, and that by the way includes women um, uh, in that in that bucket. Uh, deserve to be uh, given a shot in the entertainment industry. And we want to give them that shot. And that doesn't just mean in front of the camera. That's actually the easy work. It's easy to cast people of color in front of the camera and then um, a lot harder to give people an opportunity early in their careers, especially people of color who might not be able to have the same leg up uh, and the same privilege that people who look like myself or you, or, or you Claire, um, have. We want to give those people behind the camera uh, the opportunity that is critically important in order to actually create lasting change. Because when you give people behind the camera in business positions, legal positions, directors, DPs, writers, uh, 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 even PAs on set, when you give those people that experience, they get the bug and then they start to learn and grow and their careers can blossom and they will pay it forward. Um, And that's how you create lasting change. Well said, Brad. Last question. Any takeaways from Cam Lyons? What were your thoughts on where it's all going, that convergence between media and technology and marketing? Yeah, I think what's funny is people, um, I came back and people were like, okay, so, you know, I know I keep hearing the brand spending is down and everyone's afraid to spend. And I was like, I didn't feel that. I don't know if you felt that, Claire. Not really. I feel like brands... Brands are starting to understand that they need to evolve and spend in new and different ways. So it's less so that spending is down. There are maybe brands being a little bit safer right now while they see how the economy shakes out. But the truth is they're exploring. They're exploring what um, AI means. They're learning how that's going to help and or hurt their businesses. They're exploring new uh, distribution methods, new streaming platforms, new ways to reach new audiences. Um, And they're really starting to take more risks in entertainment, which is what we do. We do entertainment for brands at Westbrook Media. Like I, I see brands really hovering around what we want, uh, what we want to make and what we get excited about, which is storytelling. And I think that it's not going away. Like, I, you know, I read someone, I don't remember who said this, but someone was like, the agency business is alive and well. Um, and we're, while we're not an agency, we're adjacent to that, that business and it is alive and well, like I, brands, brands need to reach audiences and they need to figure out ways to do that cleverly and creatively and authentically. I hate saying that cause it's like one of those buzzwords that everyone says, but they really do need to do it in a way that isn't intrusive, but is embraced. People don't hate advertising. They just hate bad advertising. And when it's good and it's part of a good consumer experience, you actually kind of love it. 
I mean, it's why people shop so much on Pinterest and on Instagram because they actually don't mind it. Like they don't mind being targeted with something that they need in a nice ad that makes them be like, oh yeah, I want that for my house or I want that for my kid or I want that for myself. That stuff is valuable. Tell us just briefly about the writer's strike, how that's affecting you, um, what your thoughts are. Does it mean that folks need to rely on you more, Brad, because you're in that non-scripted world? Yeah, it's definitely ramping up um, our business, certainly. I mean, we're, we're trying to be really thoughtful and, you know, the market's tough just generally beyond the strike. But we're, we are looking at a lot of non-scripted content. We're taking that out. We're finding new ways to make non-scripted content. Brands are starting to finance non-scripted content, as we discussed, which has been a really exciting way um, to, to pave, pave, pave the path of branded entertainment. Uh, and then we're doing brand work. And yeah, I mean, it, it does suck to, that there's a writer's strike right now. I'm hopeful it can be resolved soon. I, I'm hopeful that the writers are treated fairly, especially you know the younger writers who really do need to, to, to be treated fairly in this negotiation. Um, but it's giving us the summer... Uh, to really, you know, focus our energy on continuing to build our business on the media side. And then hopefully, you know, it'll be resolved quickly in the fall and our scripted team can get back to making the amazing work that they, that they do. Great. Thanks for joining us, Brad. Thanks for having me. During our conversation, we talked about the importance of digital content creation, something that Will Smith is clearly good at. Brad said social media is a priority for the company and shared that Will Smith's motto is, your campaign starts and ends directly with the audiences online. I brought in insider intelligence social media analyst Jasmine Enberg to talk about where brands should invest next. Well, if I had to sum up the future of social media in three words, it would probably be community, creativity, and connection. And that's pretty broad. So if you look more specifically in at the direction in which uh, social media is heading, there's actually two parallel but diverging trends. So on the one hand, I would say that social media is headed more and more towards video. Now, this, of course, isn't necessarily a new trend. I mean, TikTok has been a driving factor behind, you know, uh, social media users spending more and more of their time consuming video. But you and I were just at Cannes, Claire. And what really stood out to me, or one of the things that really stood out to me was that at Meta, which had focused really heavily on the metaverse last year, it, this year, it was all about reels. And I spoke with Alvin Bowles, who's the VP of uh, Meta's global business group, and he was telling me how important reels and video is to their growth roadmap and how it is a huge growth driver, both on Facebook and on Instagram. And video, of course, especially short video, is all about creativity, but it's also about entertainment and public-facing content um, and that media side of social media. But at the same time, we're seeing this trend, particularly among young people who are searching for more connection and community and more of this sort of intimate communication and more personal spaces. And that's something that Snapchat, for example, is re really leaning heavily into, even as they're also leaning into more public-facing content. And what interests me about this trend is that it's less about the media side of things and more about the origins of social media, which of course is social networking, thinking back to Facebook when you were really communicating in these, these smaller groups and communities. 
we're coming to a point where the social platforms need creators more than creators need them. And this idea of diversification of platforms and decentralization has really picked up speed over the past year or so, partly because of the potential TikTok ban, which, you know, has been covered quite extensively That's in the media. That's a big story, right. Yeah, it's yeah. a huge story. Um, as well as this idea that we're seeing um, in terms of creators building their own brands and their own businesses. So they really are starting to diversify across platforms. Um, but that's not to say that social media isn't important. It is. And, you know, it's hard to downplay or um, overstate how important social media has been to building creators' businesses. But now they're in a position where they're able to really move across platforms and bring their audiences with them. And for social platforms, you know, it's incredibly important that they keep those creators and continue attracting them because creators are vital to engagement and engagement is what brings in ad dollars. To that point, Jasmine, tell us about your role. You're a social media analyst at Insider Intelligence. What, what, what does your job entail? You have to meet these people regularly and get updates. And do you do forecasts on what you think their revenue can be? Yeah, so at Insider Intelligence, we we forecast revenues for the social media platforms. And I am responsible for covering primarily TikTok, Twitter, and Snapchat, but also Facebook and Instagram, and really trying to help marketers and advertisers make sense of where these platforms are going, what's happening next, and how to best reach those audiences on, on those platforms. So I guess the big gorilla of social media these days is TikTok. Um, it's eating everything in its path. It's gaining our dollars despite reservations about where the data is housed and the influence of the Chinese Communist Party on TikTok. Um, we just saw the leader step down. Um, it seems like there's nobody new stepping into that role at this point um, and a new branding and communications chief who used to be at Disney coming on board at TikTok. Um, what do you think those changes are about? Do you have any insights? Look, TikTok is, is a big wild card right now, right? And there's certainly a lot of changes and um, it can't be easy to be working at, at TikTok right now. Um, but that said, you know, we're not seeing creators, users, advertisers leave the platform because of all of these issues. They're certainly, you know, keeping it in mind and, you know, advertisers do have a plan B in place in case, you know, TikTok does end up getting banned um, on a more nationwide level or, you know, there are other significant changes to how the platform operates. Um, but right now, you know, ad dollars continue to be funneled into the platform. That said, you know, from a revenue perspective, an ad revenue perspective, TikTok is still much smaller than Meta. It's eating into its revenues, but it's still got a long way to grow. And, you know, for TikTok, I think part of its roadmap isn't just advertising. It's really leaning heavily into commerce as well. And it's creating almost like this Amazon-like flywheel, right? So with commerce, with advertising, um, and it's already got a really strong hold on, on media, similar to, to how Amazon built its uh, powerhouse. Wow, that's fascinating. C can you give us some numbers and, and share, you know, who's the biggest, who's the smallest, who's the fastest growing? I know that's off, off the top of your head, but uh, is Facebook still the big granddaddy here? Well, I wish I could remember all of these numbers in my head, but I can tell you that TikTok is the fastest growing social platform in terms of ad revenues um, by far. 
Um, and most it has slowed down a little bit, um, or we've reduced our, our growth forecast a little bit. Um, but that's mainly due to the economy versus you know any of the other issues. In terms of absolute size, though, it really is Meta, Facebook, and Instagram that command the most ad dollars and command the largest audiences. And I think that's really important to keep in mind because Meta gets a lot of slack, but Facebook and Instagram are huge, and they're also really essential platforms for advertisers. And I think that's one of the big reasons that we saw Meta's earnings come in relatively positive, or quite positively, actually, as a big surprise to, to many people in, in Q1, because it is that important um, for advertisers who are trying to reach consumers. And then, of course, you know, uh, it, it's clear that some of its investments in, in machine learning and um, AI are, are starting to pay off as well. Mm, that's a good topic. Uh, anything else to say on AI as regards to social media? Where does that fit in here? Look, I think we're in the middle of a hype cycle and, you know, this industry loves a hype cycle, but I think there's, you know, a lot of potential behind all of the hype. And I do think that, you know, both in terms of generative AI and predictive AI, it's going to have a major impact on the social media industry. I think, you know, in terms of content creation, we're already seeing creators lean into generative AI um, and advertisers are starting to to follow suit. Um, And that momentum is just going to continue picking up. And then on the predictive side, you know, there is a lot of potential to use predictive analytics to to be able to recover some of the lost signals from the iOS 14.5 changes that really damaged um, their ad businesses. Mm-hmm. Great. Jasmine, thanks for joining us on The Media Mix. Really appreciate it. Hope you'll come back again. Thank you so much for having me. This was a lot of fun. That's it for this week. For more on the conversation, be sure to subscribe to the Media Mix newsletter on Substack. The link is in the description. And if you're interested in sponsoring or advertising on the Media Mix, drop us an email at themediamixus at gmail.com. In the meantime, stay in the mix by subscribing to the show on your favorite podcasting platform. Subscribe, rate, review. We'd love that. Thanks for listening. And a last uh, shout out to my producers, Jamie Maglietta and Raymond Hernandez. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm.